Welcome to the Stay Healthy El Paso podcast, where we help El Pasoans get away from taking pain medications, avoid getting injections, avoid surgery, and keeping up an active lifestyle. This podcast is presented to you by Dr. David Midoff, expert physical therapist and owner of El Paso Manual Physical Therapy. It is our goal and intentions to provide you with valuable tips and insights from experts in the El Paso area so you too can stay healthy, fit, and energized. Now here is your host, Dr. David. Hey there, I'm Dr. David. Welcome to the show. I've got a great guest here, a friend of mine. His name is Dr. Angel Garcia. He's a physician here in El Paso, sports medicine specialist, the one of the best in the Southwest, certainly the best in El Paso. And um, I'll, let, I'll let him tell you more about all that. But um, I just want to welcome you to the show. Thank you for listening. Um, and welcome on here, Dr. Garcia. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate absolutely. It. Appreciate it, appreciate it. So, uh, like he said, uh, Angel Garcia. Uh, was born in Puerto Rico, moved to El Paso when I was about uh, five years old. Been here since then. Uh, went to Bel Air High School, uh, part of the health magnet there. Um, first nice. graduating class. Um, after Bel Air, went to Baylor for my undergrad. Uh, got my degree in uh, psychology. And then from there, I went to uh, uh, San Antonio for med school, University of Texas Health Science Center, San Antonio for, for medical school. When uh, graduated there, um, came back home for residency at Texas Tech in family medicine. And then uh, after completing the residency in family medicine, stayed at Texas Tech for a fellowship in sports medicine to better serve the patient population that I was interested in treating. Um, uh, what drew me to family medicine was more of the being able to see the whole whole family, treating the whole family, but I really love the musculoskeletal system, working with athletes and, and dealing with those type of issues and, and trying to provide a, a different perspective than was provided by surgeons. Um, not that you know surgery has its place, but uh, for the vast majority of problems can be solved without surgery. And I was wanting to be able to help my patients more so I decided to do the, the sports medicine uh, fellowship there at, at Texas Tech. That's awesome. Were you one of the first classes there at Texas Tech? Because they, they're pretty new. For, for sports medicine, we were, one, uh, we were the first class for, for sports medicine there at Texas Tech. Wow. Um, they had you know different programs throughout the, throughout the state, um, but my wife and I really wanted to, wanted to stay here in El Paso with family. Cool. Cool. Awesome. I love El Paso. So you've got your own company here, and um, that's this is where we're at right now. We're recording from Dr. Garcia's office. So tell me about your company. What's the name, and where's it at? So yeah, we, um, when I left uh, residency and fellowship, uh, I really wanted to just kind of go out on my own. Um, you know, not work for the man. Um, so we we opened up a clinic, uh, El Paso Center for Family and Sports Medicine. Uh, Initially, we were at uh, another location on Litrovino, um, but we recently just moved. We got in a new building, um, trying to expand uh, our our services. Um, so now we're on George Dieter and Physicians, um, right next to uh, Diagnostic Outpatient Imaging, and across the street from uh, Foundations Hospital. Uh, so it's a pretty pretty cool location. Um, so far. Uh, people are really liking the the new building. I know. I just got a tour <laughs> when I walked in, and uh, it is swanky looking. I mean, 
I, I think of just modern. The floors are just beautiful. Everything is. It, it smell it has like that new car smell. The new still. car smells. <laughs> new car smell still. Still breaking it in. So still still moving in, but slowly but surely. Yeah. So I don't know if you mentioned it. I didn't catch it. But when did you start your practice? Uh, so we've been in practice, or I've been in practice for about seven years now. Okay. Um, outside of residency and fellowship, but if you take it, that into account, then it's been about ten years. Nice, awesome. And then you mentioned that you did the fellowship and the residency and all that. And just so that people understand the different, because I don't think the general population understands. I think they think you go to medical school, you become a, a physician, and residency and fellowship kind of just loses meaning after that. Could you explain a little bit more about what that means? So medical school, everyone kind of receives like the same kind of groundwork knowledge for, for general medicine. Um then you have to start to picking what specialty you're wanting to go into. So whether you want to do dermatology, ophthalmology, or you know disorders of the eye, or, or if you want to focus on skin, if you want to become a surgeon, um, if you want to become a heart specialist, uh, then then those require more training than than just what's in medical school. Once you graduate medical school, you can become a general practitioner, but you're not necessarily. Uh, uh, a specialist of any of any sort. So, mm -hmm. uh, OBGYNs have to do a residency in OBGYN. Um, uh, cardiologists have to go to fellowship uh, to study the specifics of the heart. So, after medical school, you you have this kind of groundwork that you have to build on, and then depending on what specialty you're wanting to do, that's the fellowship or residency that you that you go into. Mm -hmm. Residencies can vary from three to seven years. Mm -hmm. um, family medicine is a, a three-year residency. Uh, most of the primary care uh, uh, residencies are three years, so pediatrics uh, uh, is also three years, psychiatry is three years. Um, the surgical subspecialties can be anywhere from four to five years. So what's the difference between a residency and a fellowship? So residency is uh, your primary specialty, so internal medicine, psychiatry, uh, pediatrics, uh, family medicine fellowship is when you want to take a an aspect of that and subspecialize. Mm -hmm. um, so you get further training in the heart, you get further training in uh, the the GI tract. You get mm -hmm. special training in different surgical procedures. In my case, we we got more training in uh, the musculoskeletal system more common uh, uh, sports type injuries, management of those injuries, um, just dealing in more specifics on a smaller area um, mm -hmm. that you can become more specialized in as opposed to this broad topic of you know family medicine where you have tons of medical ailments that you study. Yeah. The fellowship focuses on one of those and you, you go into that a lot more in depth. Yeah. So you're a, that's like super specialist. My understanding is it's like the, the most specialized that you can get in a specific body area or, or, or subject within the medical field. Right. And that's, that's where the fellowship comes in. And some people will do multiple fellowships um, mm -hmm. to get specialized in, in very minutia. So like the eye doctor um, could, could become a specialist of the retina. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's 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 different things like that. You you know have yeah. orthopedic surgeons who will become specialists in just the hand. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so cool. So that's that's the point of a fellowship is just to to focus on on one or two areas and expand your knowledge on that as opposed to just kind of doing you know broad yeah broad paintbrush. Yeah. So you're. Uh, so we're going to get into our, our topic of the day. You're, one of the favorite things for you to talk about is shoulder problems. And, um, you know, it's definitely a commonly injured body part for, for people in sports. So tell us about shoulder problems. What got you interested in that? So it, it, it's basically what got me interested in, in, in sports medicine in general. It's just trying to deal with, uh, you know, common ailments that... Uh, athletes, and I use the term athlete loosely. You know, could, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a professional athlete or, or anything like that to, to to have shoulder pain. Be like a weekend warrior. Weekend warrior, you know, or even just recreational. Um, just dealing with aches that I myself had. You know, I, I had a shoulder injury a few years back when I fell and dislocated my shoulder, and you never you never realize how important a body part is until it hurts. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, you know, dealing, you know, helping people deal with, with shoulder issues is, is something that, that I enjoy just as my general sports medicine practice and trying to provide, um, a, a non-invasive or non-surgical approach to, to something that, um, can be pretty debilitating, mm-hmm. um, and try to get, you know, try to approach it from a vantage point that is just not isolated to the shoulder, um, but like the whole body in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so sometimes people will have uh, neck pain that presents with shoulder, um, yep. or they can have elbow. Or the elbow is the cause of their shoulder pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just the shoulder that that you have to look at. Um, you have, you have to look at the the, the whole individual. Um, and sometimes when you go to to you know other specialists and you tell them you have shoulder pain, they don't necessarily evaluate. The other things that yeah. could be masking themselves as shoulder pain, um, and people go undiagnosed or, or misdiagnosed uh, for for several years. So that's yeah. one of the things of you know why I was wanting to get into that so that I can help patients um, mm-hmm. get to the right diagnosis and the right treatment sooner. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. And so, um, how long have you been? focusing on people with with shoulder problems i mean has that been your whole career pretty much or was it after the fellowship more so more so after the fellowship um i didn't do as much during my my family medicine residency um but the the little i did do was what sparked my interest to do the the fellowship um so mm-hmm. um in my fellowship and then the time since then so for the past uh uh seven eight years um have been really really focusing on 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 shoulder issues mm-hmm and now you said that you help people out um, with avoiding surgery or, or alternatives to surgery more so is, is what you said. Um, what are some of the, the common problems with shoulders that you see, like some of the more specific diagnoses? So the most common would be, you know, rotator cuff injuries. Um, that's that's kind of a catch-all phrase sometimes, but that's, mm-hmm. you, you know, definitely the most common uh, shoulder problem that that we see, um, and rotator cuff issues don't necessarily have to be caused by any, you know, real significant injury or trauma. You know, someone could just reach for something real quickly, or, or, or you know, 
awkwardly rotate their arm a certain way and they develop uh, inflammation of the rotator cuff or a sprain. Um, so not all rotator cuff issues are necessarily tears that require surgery. A lot of times it's a muscle strain or inflammation of a muscle um, that just needs the right type of, of treatment. Um, most of the time that treatment consists a lot of going with someone like you um, and getting physical therapy. Mm -hmm. um, something that, uh, uh, when I tell my patients it's, it's a simple fix, but it's not a quick fix. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, the exercises aren't very elaborate. You know, you don't have to have a lot of weights or a fancy gym because people always say, well, I don't have time to go to the gym. Well, it's like, you don't need to go to the gym. You can, right. a lot of, a lot, some of these exercises, you can just use the, your door jam um, yeah. for, for, you know, exercising the, the muscles of the rotator cuff. Mm -hmm. um, but but the, the key is, Arriving at that right diagnosis um, so that the appropriate treatment can, can be uh, applied. Yeah. And one of the other um, diagnoses that I, that I commonly see related to rotator cuff tears, and it's from my understanding, the way that I look at the body, it's, it's more of on a spectrum. And on the lower end of the spectrum, if a rotator cuff tear is like the extreme end, on the other end would be like shoulder impingement. So there's something wrong with the ball and socket joint. Do you get a lot of those people as well? Yeah, there, it's definitely a, a definitely a spectrum. It's it's uh, the the impingement. I think is one of the more uh, overlooked, um, and the reason why is because a lot of the studies that we use, or the, a lot of the diagnostic studies that people use nowadays, um, don't involve uh, unfortunately the physical exam. Um, so x-ray, you know, a lot of people will focus on x-ray when people have shoulder pain and they're like, oh, it, you have nothing. <laughs> Meaning that, yeah, there's not a break. You may have a little bit of arthritis, yeah. but the, the, the x-ray is normal. Yeah. Um, and so the patient's like, well, why do I have this pain? Well, one, you know, muscle doesn't show up on, on x-ray. Mm -hmm. uh, second uh, uh, test that is commonly used is the MRI. Uh, the MRI is great for looking at tears. It's great for looking at signs of inflammation, um, maybe some calcifications in the tendon that cause irritation, but it doesn't allow for you to examine the, the muscle in movement. And impingement is one of those things where movement is what triggers the symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the MRI may come back negative because impingement, you're, 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 you're holding still in an MRI, you can't move. Yeah. So there's no way to, you know, appropriately diagnose uh, uh, impingement using uh, MRI. So impingement is more of a clinical diagnosis mm -hmm. um, in terms of certain uh, uh, exams that you do within the, the visit that trigger that, uh, that symptom. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that, you know, we, uh, sports medicine specialists learn in fellowship are those provocative tests to, to elicit that, that symptom mm -hmm. um, that can't necessarily be visualized with the most common modalities that we have. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you next is, is um, what are you doing, you specifically as a sports medicine shoulder specialist, what are you doing that's different than, say, a general doctor? Like what kind of knowledge or, or hands-on tests do you do that they wouldn't necessarily know to do. So in family medicine, in, in, when I was doing my residency, um, the, the basic exam that I got was, you know, do they have full range of motion of the shoulder? Are they tender to a particular spot? Mm -hmm. um, for, for impingement and 
you know, other shoulder issues, there's there's a slew of tests that can be done to, to test the rotator cuff. Um, there's one that's called the Job's maneuver, where you you know you're putting pressure on the arm and uh, external rotation, pushing kind of up towards your head. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one that's called for impingement um, is the Nears test. So you, you kind of um, put your thumb facing down, and then you kind of um, elevate your arm close to your to your ear, so near to the ear. <laughs> um, Hawkins test um, is another test that checks for impingement, um, where it's kind of like you hold your arm out in front of you, bend your elbow, and just kind of rotate your arm down towards the floor Mm -hmm. as you move across your body. Um, So there's different tests that, you know, sports medicine specialists have have been trained to do um, that that weren't part of my my residency training. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times you got to use multiple tests um, to to isolate the, the issue because the longer an issue goes on, other muscles start to get affected and they start to ache and can give you a false positive on some test um, mm-hmm. and kind of lead you to another direction when it's all coming from the, the, the impingement. It's just that it's gone on for so long that the other muscles around it are are irritated because they're having to pick up the slack. Yep. Um, so um, it's, it's a combination of all those tests. Um, sometimes we'll uh, I'll do an ultrasound. So mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the few or I think the only one that you can actually visualize the impingement because you're actually visualizing the muscle and then you move the joint and then you can see the, the impingement on, on ultrasound. That's so cool. Um, so that's that's another modality that, that we can use. Wow. That's awesome. So are you... What, what type of symptoms should people be looking for when they have a shoulder problem? Like what, when should they decide to come and see you uh, versus waiting and seeing if it'll pass. So I mean that's a great question because you know everyone's gonna have aches and pains. It's it's you know part of life. You know you, you tweak muscles here and there. Um, when it starts affecting your activities of daily living, um, if it's if if you're having trouble getting dressed, putting on your shirt, um, mm. women having issues uh, uh, strapping the the bra, um, mm. reaching for a cup in the in the in the cupboard. Um, turning doorknobs, uh, when it's affecting your activities of daily living mm-hmm. and the, the symptoms have been going on for a few, you know, about a week or two, most muscle strains heal within that, that kind of week or two time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's severe pain, if it's pain that's keeping you up at night, um, if there's any significant weakness um, or neurological issues, uh, numbness, tingling, um, burning, then I would definitely come in sooner. Um, but if it's just a, a, a pain to the shoulder um, without significant uh, uh, reduction in your your the activities of daily living, mm-hmm. uh, you know that seven and seven to, to ten day window is usually good enough for for most muscle strains to to kind of go away. Mm-hmm. But if it's persisting past that, then definitely um, seeing someone would would be beneficial. Yeah. One of the common ones that I hear about all the time is picking up the, a full pot of coffee to pour their coffee. People always yeah. like, gosh, that kills me every morning. And that's when I know my problem still hasn't gone away. That uh, <laughs> It could be something as simple as that. I mean, the, the I've had one person that couldn't couldn't get their, their toothpaste because uh, they would have to reach up into the... Into medicine the, cabinet. Into the medicine cabinet. Yeah. And just that, that motion of moving their arm up those few degrees <laughs> was, was killer. Yep. Cooking is another one, like chopping. Chopping. People have to chop a lot of vegetables or, you know, whatever whatever it is that they're chopping, that, that force repetitive. I, I hear a lot of people complain about that. Yeah, that too. Um, uh, the people who 
who are able to enjoy their 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 golf day yeah. um are, are finally attuned yeah. to to when their swing goes awry because of the shoulders bothering them yep and in the sports world people lifting weights all the time run into shoulder problems especially with like doing uh, overhead exercises or anything with any shoulder specific exercises right bench press i hear about all the time so for for people who are who are on the more athletic side um uh do more performance um being a keen to your body is is key if there's a gradual loss of weakness on one side to the other that wasn't there before um and someone who who trains a lot needs to be dealt with soon um, because those those slight weaknesses um, can actually be a sign of pretty significant uh, uh, muscle damage in someone who's very well uh, built. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone who has that uh, or notices that should should be seen pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, for those who are wanting to work out, form is key. Yep. Um, you can be doing the right exercise, but if if your form is not right, you're gonna hurt yourself. I see that all the time. I agree a hundred percent. So do you have any other helpful information that you want to share with people in El Paso about shoulder problems that they may not otherwise know? Like it's not common knowledge or, or something that unique that you end up telling patients a lot. So what, what I tell patients particularly, um, uh, cause I, I'm, I'm a huge, uh, uh believer in, in, in diet and exercise. Um, and a, a lot of people think that one, they either have to go to the gym or have a lot of uh, fancy equipment to do the exercises. Um, but in terms of the shoulder, um, they're, they're basic, they're very basic, simple exercises that for the actual intrinsic rotator cuff muscles don't require a whole lot of heavy weights or, or, or machines. It's, it's, it's mostly a lot of range of motion and an appropriate range of motion. Mm-hmm. Um, so just because you go to the, and I get this a lot for people when I try to refer them for, for physical therapy is like, well, I go to the gym three, four times a day. I'm already doing exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're doing exercises, but you're doing exercises one for, for more of a general kind of well being of the body. Um, and usually more geared towards muscle building or muscle toning. Um, the exercises for, for shoulder injury or, or any musculoskeletal injury are more geared to, uh, taking away the inflammation or, or muscle strain from the smaller intrinsic muscles that oftentimes get overlooked when you're, when you're going to the gym and, you know, curling or, um, you know, bench pressing that are, are focused more on the larger muscle groups. Uh, mm-hmm. Physical therapy is something that, that uh, focuses on the intrinsic muscles that help stabilize the joints better that don't necessarily make you look <laughs> it, it, it doesn't add to the curb appeal, yeah. um, but it, it, it just helps mitigate the the pain by uh, assuring more proper alignment of of the the muscles and, and and joints. Yeah, yeah. I always have people that I whenever I talk to them about working out a rotator cuff muscle, I tell them this: you'll you'll feel somewhat of a burn, but it's not going to be like if you go work out your biceps or triceps. Mm-hmm. And then you're never going to have the, you know, the, the muscle burn where you look in the mirror and flex and right, he's like, right. look at this rotator cuff back here. It's just popping out like crazy. Yeah, because everyone, <laughs> people, people go to the gym to focus on muscle building or, or you know, improving their physique. Yeah. Um, the, the exercises for, for rotator cuff, is, the, the emphasis is not on improving your physique, it's on uh, improving your pain. Um, which will down the line allow you to improve your physique by letting you do the exercises that you're 
more wanting to do. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, this this is the these exercises are are needed to to help prevent injury when mm-hmm. you're doing those other more strenuous uh, heavy lifting type yeah. exercises. And you know, for the rotator cuff muscles, just to talk about that a little bit because that's a super common problem area for a lot of shoulder problems. Um, there's four of them. Um, we don't have to go into the names. You can certainly Google them, but they all pull in different directions and they, they help to connect the ball onto the socket in the shoulder joint. And so as a, as a physical therapist, um, finding the exact direction and motion that, that is the weakness or that is the main problem area or knowing which, which rotator cuff tendon is, is injured is also part of the, the problem. So it's, it's not as, um, you know, when we talk about doing shoulder exercises, rotator cuff exercises, it's not always like the, the same one that's going to help every person. Right. It could because, be a different I mean, one. Because with there being, the, the, you know, the four major muscles that, that make up the rotator cuff, not everyone's going to be injured in the same muscle. Um, and like you said, you know, the, each muscle has their own action, you know, some, what, you know, one of the muscles rotates your arm outside, another, mm-hmm. another one rotates it inside, another one lifts it above your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then depending on what degree you're in, multiple muscles are working at the same time to give you that, that same, that same benefit. So that's where that, the, when we talked about what, what exams to do for, for shoulder pain, um, evaluation is trying to isolate that muscle. Um, in a particular movement or test mm-hmm. um, that that elicits that that symptom, so you know the 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 same exercises don't work for everybody because not everybody injures the same rotator cuff muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we we dump it in the catch call you know catch all phrase of rotator cuff injury, yeah. uh, but rotator cuff injury can be a slew of different things yeah. uh, because there's. You know the the four major muscles, and then you have all those all the smaller intrinsic muscles that can still yeah. be, or ligaments that that can be uh, injured. Mm-hmm. Um, the biceps the, tendon, I always hear about that or bicep, see that injured. Yeah, bicep tendon is, is pretty common. You got uh, ligaments in the that that combine or, or not combine, but hold the the, the humerus and the the shoulder together. Mm-hmm. Um, that are are really small ligaments that that uh, can be a cause of posterior shoulder pain or you know. Uh, pain in the on the back side of the shoulder uh, that aren't necessarily muscle related. It's it's a ligament that attaches or holds two mm-hmm. two joints together. Um, so yeah, um, every rotator cuff injury is 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 different and therefore needs different uh, uh, a set of different exercises uh, to to kind of work through. Yep. Yep. Cool. Well, this has been great talk about the shoulder today. Um, so. Do you have anything else that you think you want to share with all Pasoans about shoulder problems or your company or just in general about uh, anything else you can help us with? Yeah, so, I mean, we're here, uh, you know, like I said, on the corner of George Theater and Physicians, uh, 11851 Physicians Drive, um, to, to help you with any uh, sports medicine or musculoskeletal injuries. Um, we also offer, uh, you know, a vast array of other things, uh, you know, general family medicine issues. So we see uh, anywhere from from kids to to adults. Um, for people who do a lot of uh, working out, trying to lose weight, um, we offer weight management uh, uh, education and uh, help with weight management in terms of medication and diet nutrition counseling. Um, That's awesome. For, for people who have um, problem areas that 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 they want to get rid of, um, you know, love handles or things like that, we have 
some uh, aesthetic uh, procedures that we offer. Sculpture um, is a non-invasive way to, to kind of lose the fat in those problem areas that aren't responding to diet and exercise. It's not a substitute for diet and exercise. So, um, you know, it's just for people who had those problem areas that they just can't get rid of um, that we can, you know, give you that the added assistance with the with the sculpture. Amen to that. Problems, problem areas. <laughs> I know very well about that. Well, cool. So if someone in El Paso wants to learn more about your clinic, Dr. Garcia, or even maybe make an appointment, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? So they can call us here at the clinic, uh, 915-493-6646. Um, we have a Facebook page and they can just search uh, El Paso Center for Family and Sports Medicine. They can reach out to us on our website and they can actually book um, through our website um, at uh, El Paso Center Family and Sports Med.com. Um, and there's a link there that you can actually uh, book online if, if for whatever reason you're trying to book an appointment after hours or over the weekend. Um, mm -hmm. So those are the, the three main ways to, to get a hold of us. Awesome. Awesome. Great information today. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. I really appreciate it. I think all past ones are going to benefit from this time and time again as this podcast is available. Um, so if that's it, then we'll we'll close it out. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Stay Healthy El Paso podcast, brought to you by El Paso Manual Physical Therapy, where we help El Pasoans get away from taking pain medications, avoid getting injections, avoid surgery, and keeping up an active lifestyle. If you'd like to learn more about what El Paso Manual Physical Therapy can do for you, call 915 503 1314 or visit our website at epmanualphysicaltherapy.com. Mention this podcast for a free discovery visit valued at $100. If you enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and follow the show on your favorite listening platform so you won't miss an upcoming episode. Tune in next time to get the best health tips from experts in the El Paso area.